Thanks for joining us on the DDS Faith Podcast. Our prayer is that as we discuss what God has to teach us through His Word, we can all learn how to deepen, defend, and share our faith in Jesus Christ. You know what I remember is um, at your wedding, Tim, when you had all of the groomsmen pray for you before the ceremony. Um, do you remember that? I do, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think I was the last one. Everybody had already gone around, and the pastor was there too. And um, I finished my prayer, and I remember the pastor said, Prayers just sound so much holier in a southern accent. I said, well, you realize, because this wedding was up in Illinois outside of, um, in the Chicago, what what was the name of the town? Uh, St. Charles. St. Charles. Yeah, we were in the west suburbs of Chicago. I almost said uh, Batavia, or as I pronounced it. That's where we lived, yeah. Yes, as I pronounced it upon my first arrival, Batavia. Which I like my pronunciation better. Sounds classier. You know, I, I live about 30 minutes from a town called Batcave. You know, I pass signs when because every once in a while they'll send me on a route to these stores, which are out in the middle of nowhere, up on top of a mountain. And, um, <laughs> you know, I finish one store in Asheville, which is in Civilization. And then you put the next stop in the GPS, and it's like, oh, this store is two hours away from where you're at. And then you're going up winding, excuse me, going up winding Mm -hmm. mountain roads, thinking you have come to the end of civilization. I remember the first time I did that route, my dad called, and I was surprised I had cell signal that far (laughs) into the wilderness. And he was like, where are you at? I said, all I know is I am so far back in the woods, I passed a sign in somebody's yard that said somebody named Clampett was running for town council. So, <laughs> All right. uh, but yes, yeah. I've, I've passed the signs that say Bat Cave. And I'm like, well, you're not supposed to advertise the location. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're of, not supposed to know where it, it is. It kind of gives it away. Uh, so, takes out all the mystery. It does. So, <laughs> All right, this is... I don't know what episode this is going to be. We, I don't know. We filmed. Forget it. We just, filmed just so, out, so out of it's order. All good. But it is the first in a series we're fixing to do. Yes. So what is the series that we're getting ready to do? So this series is going to be on uh, church polity, essentially. So what does the word polity? The government of the church, essentially. How does how is it run? Is it pastor led? Is it congregation led? Uh, what exactly are the roles of the pastor? What are the roles of deacons? Um, you know, Specifically, the... we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about yes, this, right? Yes, definitely. There's a lot of different uh, thoughts out there on what a church should look like. And I think a lot of times, and you know, that American Christian episode that we did a few weeks ago, I think it highlights a lot of this. But when we interpret the Bible... Often we interpret it through our American eyes, and that's kind of what we had discussed last right, time. Right. And you know, I should have brought my shades. Yeah, you should have brought your shades. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we need to be we need to be careful about how we interpret the Bible. What would this have meant to those people then, and then apply it to ourselves? Right, right. So our guest yeah. for this series um, is Tim Smith. Tim was with us at the end of last season. He 
was on for a couple of episodes about uh, discernment, yes. what that looks like. Go, go ahead, Tim. Introduce yourself like you did last time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Tim Smith. I'm a church planter in Asheville area, North Carolina. Uh, we are uh, we're down here trying to uh, serve the Lord and and uh, and hopefully see many people come to know Christ and be discipled. All right. And again, like I said, he shared his story and how the Lord led him down there in a previous episode at the end of our last season. So you can find that. Uh, scroll back. Encourage you to listen to that. And this is going to be an interesting few weeks. Uh, let me give a little disclaimer right up here that uh, as we look at what the Bible says about the governing of a church, let's point out that the three of us, our collective vocational experiences in church, working in churches, uh, those churches have not really been governed according to what we're going to look at Agreed. in scripture. Agreed. I honestly I don't think I don't think any church that I've ever been a part of, um, aside from the one that I'm attending now, I'm not working at it, but I'm attending it. Uh, that one is actually it's a plurality of elders. It's, it's actually doing what I believe is right. right. You the church you're attending, <clears throat> and I know the church that Tim is attending and the church that he is also, you know, working to plant uh, will be churches that are run and governed according to Scripture. What my favorite saying is for a lot of, and again, my experience has been Southern Baptist churches. Right. I cannot speak to Methodists, Presbyterians, or the Pentecostals. Right. I, I can only speak to my experience in serving and working in Southern Baptist churches, but for a lot of those, their sacred text are their bylaws. <laughs> uh, I can't. So much. I can't tell you how many times I have heard the phrase, "But according to our bylaws," right. and I'm like, "Well, that's nice, but what about according to the Bible?" Well, you know, let's let's camp out on bylaws just for a second. So, you know, I remember the first time I ever heard about bylaws. It was in the church that I grew up at. I was probably just started college or whatever. And I was going there, and they mentioned the bylaws. And I was like, bylaws? Why don't we just do the Bible? Why don't we just read the Bible and go based on that? You know, like, why, how is that hard? Um, now, as I've gotten older, I have found that there are uh, good places for bylaws. And actually, having a nonprofit organization, you have to have bylaws. If you don't, uh, right. you can't have a nonprofit. Like, you have right. to have them. Uh, but making those bylaws biblical is what's important. Like, I, I've seen one that was like, it was, it, this is, oh, and I, I appreciated the pastor because he, he was, uh, him and I were uh, revitalizing this church and we were reading, writing policies and bylaws and whatnot. And one of the things in the bylaws was like, our, the mission of our church is to stop people from drinking and watching pornography. I'm like, what? That's, that's not your mission. Your mission is go there for and make disciples of all nations. Did they know? check to see how many deacons right. were doing that? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm sorry, again, disclaimer, again, <laughs> our collective experience has not been in biblically led or churches that are led according to Scripture. Now, that doesn't mean they're bad churches. That's no, not no, what no, we're no, saying. no. But it, it is... 
I think it's important that we are as close to what the word says as possible. And I think a lot of times we add a lot to it and we make some yeah. changes. And this could be uh, sensitive territory for a lot of people. Yes. Uh, we, you and I, Tim, we are not beholden to a specific church. Like, we don't work for a church. Right. We work for the Lord. This podcast is our new ministry. Exactly. Right now. Yes. Um, now, Tim is actively planting a church, um, and he, his experience, he's... And Tim, don't let me put words in your mouth, but his experience has been, oh, this is not the way you you should do it. Right. Um, so as he's planting his church, I know he is very intentional about making sure that um, they're doing that according to the Scripture. So we may hit some topics and things that are not popular, yep. uh, but that's okay. It needs to be said, and that's one of the things I've kind of come to realize about this podcast is we are saying things that need to be said, but are definitely aren't popular. They are not, po and a lot, of, and we've you've heard, you've heard, because I don't really keep up with the email and social media like you do, but you've heard from pastors who've said, "Thank you." Yes, I can't say this mm -hmm. because I'll get fired. I've had a lot. I've actually, so with this ministry, one of the cool things about it is I have a lot of, I've had a lot of people just kind of come to me in the cover of darkness, you know, and they're like, yeah. hey man, keep it up. This is good stuff. Like, I wish I could say these things, but I can't. Yes. And that's not right. That's a problem with the church. Yeah. Because as a pastor, right. you should be able to say whatever needs to be said, whether it's going to be liked or not. Well, and I remember in the beginning when we started this last Gosh, September or August? Uh, September, is, I think, is when we launched. All right. When we launched, I was very intentional about guarding what I said. Right. You know, because I knew there were people that were listening that were just waiting for a nugget that they could take and use. Right. Uh, that is no longer... I don't care anymore. This is the platform God has given us. These are the things that he's laid on our hearts to share right. with people that need to be shared. So and I'm going to say it. It's not a, I don't care, like apathy. No, no. It's, it's, there's no, yeah. I care more about what the Lord thinks yeah, of our there conversation it is. There it is. than what. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah and, and Tim it's even a, mentioned it's that. It's a commitment to the truth, right? Like right. it's, uh, I don't think any of us have a desire to, to be hypercritical of the church or to gossip or, yes. um, you know, to condemn, but, but out of love, speaking the truth and love, uh, we want to see the church corrected where things are out of joint so that it can be healthy and, um, glorify God and be useful, uh, in this present age. Because I was listening to a podcast, um, recently, it was a Christian, uh, comedian, and he used to talk about how he would, when he was starting out, a lot of his performances were in churches. And he grew up as a pastor's kid, so he was kind of on the inside and saw behind the curtain and things. And he would get up and he would say, you know, I would always get up and say, you know, the local church is the hope for a lost and dying world, but y'all are messed up. 
<laughs> and yep. I think that's where I land is like the local church definitely is <coughs> the hope for reaching out and sharing the gospel with the world. There are a lot of churches that are messed up. 100%. And um, we just want to kind of plant a seed so people can go, hmm, let me think about that. Right. And then there'll be some people who just turn us off like, oh, they're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. And that's fine, yeah. too. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of the things that we're calling for is not going to happen overnight. Like, oh, I don't expect anybody not. to listen to this one time and just be like, oh, let's change everything about us. No, I expect you to pray about it. Right. Ex excuse me. I expect you to pray about it. I expect you to consult God's word about it. I, yeah. I, I, I consider uh, seek wise counsel about it. I'm. That's, I am not the authority on everything. You know, well, that's God one is. of the things. That's one of the drums we have hit over and over and over again. Um, it's too bad Eli's not here, so I'll beat the drum for him. <laughs> is you know, don't take our word for it. Yep. Go and read the scriptures for yourself, because yes. a lot of people. <clears throat> In churches, they just take whatever the if it comes from the pastor from behind the pulpit. Okay, that's thus saith the Lord. <clears throat> and sometimes those are bad interpretations. Yes. So that was a long disclaimer, wasn't it? That was a long disclaimer. So <laughs> beginning of this, I want to discuss um, just generally pastors. Uh, what exactly is their role? Um, what should they be doing? You know, because I know there's a there's a lot of thoughts, you know, well, the pastor should be in the pulpit and he should be preaching and the pastor should be, you know, making sure he's walking around and introducing himself to people and shaking everybody's hand. Uh, you know, what, what are some others you guys have heard? Hospital visits. Oh, yeah. That's always a problem. Hospital visits. Got to do that. Oh, even and even home visitation. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, go to shut ins. Nothing wrong with those things. No, but. It's yeah. not necessarily in the Bible. Now, the, there are biblical principles on that, but not necessarily. So, like, the pastor in the pulpit, you know, it's not always the pastor that preaches in the, in the New Testament whenever you see it. You know, anytime you're reading the, the New Testament and it talks about the church and whatnot, you know, it, it always talks about, you know, multiple elders. It talks about, um, you know feeding the, uh, taking care of the widows and the orphans. Uh, you know, and it, it's funny because the church often doesn't even do that. Um, you know, I know there's a, uh, the big, um, liberal argument for abortion is, you know, well, Christians say they don't want to do a, uh, abortions, but they want to adopt. Right. That's true. There's a ton. There's, man, there's, there's like, a couple thousand kids just in Tennessee that need a place to live. Mm -hmm. uh, like, I mean, they're busting at the seams of, of kids just not having homes. And it's, it's incredibly sad. And as believers, those are the orphans. Let's go, you know, not just like show up to the children's home and like, Hey guys, here's some candy. You know, let's, let's do more than that. You know, those are good things, but you know, why stop there? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, especially older older kids too. You know, that's that's on my heart and Sarah and I have talked about that some, you know, is uh, you know, we're it's funny how oftentimes the things that we we so richly benefit from God then we don't want to do ourselves. Yeah. Um, whether it's uh, we were adopted into his family and then it's like, well, 
I don't want to be troubled with that. Or, you know, God forgives us of the, the complete and total misery and destruction of our sin, but we have a hard time forgiving someone and then, you know, being in the same church service with them. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's, you know, um, that can be very true of the church. Yeah. And there are some examples of people who, who, you know, break that mold and, you know, they love the word and they live it out uh, too. But. Uh, Tim, why don't you give some thoughts, your thoughts as a church planner of what a pastor's role should look like, especially, <clears throat> you know, with as a church plant, a lot of times you don't even have a building. You know, you're meeting in a home or something like that. Yeah, he so doesn't have an office. Yeah, doesn't have an office. You're not in a pulpit. Yeah. Um, so what's some of your takes on what a pastor should look like? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think that there's you know two uh, very primary uh, roles and responsibilities of the pastor, um, which is to you know to teach the word, um, to to guard good doctrine, you know, to entrust it to other faithful men and women who will who will teach it to other faithful men and women, and so um, so being being a, a, a you know, a proclaimer, a teacher of the word. Um, and then, uh, you know, prayer. That's what we see in Acts chapter six are the two main reasons why, you know, uh, the elders there and the, the apostles, you know, when the issue with the widows weren't being taken care of, um, they said, okay, we need to, like, we need to devote ourselves to, to the teaching of the word and prayer. Yeah. And so we're going to, we're going to get these other group, um, who that's not their primary responsibility. And we're going to give them the responsibility of taking care of the physical needs of the church. Um, because demons. right. If you say you love God and then you're not willing to provide for the physical needs of, of your own body, um, there's a problem there. So, but they didn't say, okay, we need to start doing that. They said, we need to select some other people who can fit this role because we're going to be devoted to teaching of the word and prayer. Um, and so, you know, kind of in a general sense, that's that's the spiritual well-being of the congregation. Um, I think of like Colossians, what is it, like one twenty-eight? You know, where he says, "Him, him, we proclaim." You know, teaching and warning everyone. You know, uh, with all wisdom that we might present them mature in Christ. And so, um, for me as a pastor, I know other pastors who kind of have made that kind of like, like that's a, a very you know in, encouraging kind of guiding verse. For their ministry is like we we warn and we we teach we proclaim uh we guide we shepherd and so you know the pastor is um kind of overseeing everything that has to do with the spiritual well-being of the church and so in that sense then the the deacons would would fall under the purview or the the oversight of the of the elders who are making sure you know maybe not directly but indirectly through through their you know um through their care and through their their responsibility, uh, overseeing that that the, that the deacons are, in fact, taking care of the the physical needs uh, of the body. Yeah. Now, um, so you mentioned elders. Um, now there may be some confusion on what an elder is. What is a pastor? What about an overseer? Mm -hmm. What are some of the differences of those, if there are any? Yeah. So when we look at scripture, um, what we see is that that. Uh, there's these three terms, right? Pastor, elder, overseer, and they're all synonymous for the same office. And what they're doing is they're describing the same office, but 
but describing different roles within the office. So, you know, an elder, a pastor, an overseer. So at different times, these three different words are used interchangeably for the same thing based on what's happening in the text. And so from a biblical perspective, um, you know, if we want to be true to what scripture says, pastor, elder, overseer, all the same office, uh, just describing kind of what they're doing in office. Yeah, I remember there was, um, I was at a church where it was just a bunch of deacons and whatnot. And unfortunately, all they ever did was look at the finances. Um, they never, they never visited orphans or they never did home visits. They never took care of people. Like, I mean, I mean, they did, but it was not their primary objective. Right. And we'll talk about that next week. Yes, yes, yes. We'll talk about that more later. And one thing that's kind of on my heart too, with what this means is that, and, and this is, you know, I don't, you know, I, I know we all have kind of SBC Southern Baptist backgrounds, but, you know, with this kind of last controversy within the SBC of like, what is a pastor with some churches like Rick Warren's church wanting to, you know, appoint, you know, women as pastors and, and, and how, you know, they're trying to find kind of loopholes to how that's not violating scripture when scripture says that's not a role that women can hold. Um, you know, the, the SBC has kind of kind of had to, you know, figure out how to, how, you know, and, you, and I'm thankful for those who stood up and said, listen, we know what a pastor is. We know what scripture says about this. Our, even our, our you know, convention, our, our confession says what, you know, a pastor is. But, um, you know, I think part of the reason they had a challenge with just flat out saying, listen, you guys cannot be part of the SBC if you're going to appoint women to pastors, because there's also, I think, a problem within the SBC and any other network uh, or group that that does the same thing of of being loose on on you know the the definition of a pastor. And so you'll have churches where you know the youth pastor is a pastor, but he's not an elder. So there's a separate elder team that meets and makes all the decisions. <clears throat> Uh, but the youth pastor is not invited into that group. He serves in a different type of role on a different type of level. And, and we've really got to do away with that because it's just flat out not biblical. Right. And it's unhealthy for, ch- for churches um, to operate like that. And, and so, you know, I'm glad that the SBC finally, you know, came around and said, hey, you know, we're not going to let Rick Warren's church or any other church that, that wants to do this be a part of the convention, but I, I'm hopeful that they take it to the next level and say less clearly define that, you know, anyone who holds the title of pastor is an elder, is an overseer, and they're all on equal ground. That's the way it should be, but often that's not the case. I know that I was at one church right. where the pastor saw it that way. The pastor saw me and the other pastor, the music pastor, as equals. <clears throat> I mean, he was the head still, but like, we were basically on his level, you know, and we were involved in decision making. Exactly, exactly. Well, and I remember that pastor retired, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, the deacon body swooped in to fill that vacuum. Right, and committees, and committees, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about next week. And I remember talking with the gentleman who was the deacon chairman at the time who said the pastor made that change, said the deacons had a lot more power up until that pastor came in, yep. and said he kind of 
demoted them. Yeah. To, and I was like, oh, to what the Bible says they're supposed <laughs> to be. Right. Uh, and then I remember that pastor left and um, that deacon chairman would come to us with like, we're thinking about this and as because a lot of this was when the pandemic was hitting right and decisions were needing to be made about services and things and he would come to us and ask us what do you think now we didn't go to the meetings where there were where the discussion and everything is but most of when he rotated off that all went away that all went away we yeah. were not even in fact at one point i even told the uh the ministry assistant in the office when she made the bulletin i said don't put worship pastor next yeah, to my name. Take pastor off. Just put music director. Yeah, exactly. Because we were not given the respect uh, as mm -hmm. pastors of that church. We were, we were flunkies. Exactly. So who were what, just supposed to you, do what and, we and were see, ordered? This is what we need to be careful about. You cannot give the title of pastor to someone who is not a pastor. Period. So if right. that if if you're the worship pastor. And they're calling you that, but they're not treating you as such, then they shouldn't give you that title. Well, that's why I said take it off. And exactly. she did. Yeah. And she did. But it made one of the deacons mad. Mm -hmm. And he told her to put it back. Right. And I said, why? And I, because he came to me and said, why did you do that? I said, because I'm not given the respect as a pastor of this church. I am, for all intents and purposes, just the DJ. Yeah. Supposed to stand up there and, you know, play the songs everybody wants to hear. Right. And I said, you know, nobody respects us at, you know, you and I, nobody respects us as pastors of this church. Um, we're just the flunkies that are just supposed to do right. what we're told. Well, and, you know, especially with larger churches, you know, you definitely need multiple pastors. And I know that as a youth pastor, I was often looked as the babysitter. I was the guy that always gets yeah. in trouble. I'm always the guy that you know, break stuff, you know, that's, that's the youth pastor. You, you know? spend all the money. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I used to joke, um, uh, oh, what was it? What was it? Yes. It's a, uh, you can always count on the youth pastor to preach the Sunday after the rapture. Cause you know, they're not really saved. Ouch. Cause <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's just how I felt being a youth pastor. I mean, you're kind of, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very degrading position in a lot of ways, and it shouldn't be, you know, because the way I saw it and the way the pastor that hired me saw it, and most of the pastors I've worked with, they they saw it as, okay, you are not the pastor of just these kids over here, these youth, but you're also pastoring these adults and these parents, and you're, and you're helping them do... do That's what things. I like. You see a lot of churches now, um, the youth pastor role, uh, it's also referred to as... Or you know, student and family minister, or, or student, next gen, yeah, next gen pastor, yeah, something like that. It's not just youth pastor, right? Anymore. Um, Tim, were you at the church in Tennessee? I don't know if it was you or your predecessor. There was one Sunday school class that would have a big Christmas party every year, and they expected the staff to show up. And so one of the ladies came down with our invitation. And her comment was, yeah, we wanted to make sure the help got invited to oh my the party. Were you there? Dang. The help. It's, it's, it sounds familiar, but I don't quite remember. Yeah. It's, it's possible. Now, she said it 
in a joking manner. Right. But there were a lot of people in that Sunday school that class agreed. that that's was their view of us. We were the yeah. help. Gosh, that's that's crazy. Yeah. That's, and that's really and now in the Bible, you don't have a music pastor and a uh, youth pastor and a children's pastor. Like you don't, you don't see those divisions. And right. you know, honestly, I question uh, whether or not we really should have those divisions. I mean, we we literally divide the church like on our own, right? Uh, into age groups and you know, singles or married. And like, I mean, I get it, but we're all. I think we're all supposed to be together. I think you can have some of those divisions here and there. But when it's all the time, like that, that seems to be a problem, you know? Yeah. I think we give too many titles to the different, you know, like, I think it's, it's perfectly fine and, and reasonable to divvy up responsibilities right? Um, without getting too far away from the main point. Like I, I don't like seeing churches where, you know, maybe you have an executive pastor who never preaches and teaches like that's one of the requirements of being an elder. <laughs> um, and so I want to see you, you know, taking on all of the expected roles of an elder, but then you might have some fine-tuned responsibilities. But I, I'm not really a fan of, of giving too many titles out, you know, in, in our church, um, because inevitably, regardless of, of your intention or, or, you know, how, how well you are, you know, sticking with what Scripture says, like, you can't uh, stop people's minds from saying, Okay, well, that's the lead pastor. He's the number one, and then this is the associate pastor. He's the number two. Yeah. Um, and right there, you're 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 diluting that sense of equal among equals. You know, we we might have different responsibilities. You know, the, your paid elders may do more legwork, but as far as like then when we come together and we take what legwork has been done, we need to everybody needs to be involved in it, and you know, uh, sifting through it, praying over it, making the decision together. And so I really like, I don't ever want to be called the lead pastor. Um, I, I, I don't want like, you know, when, if, you know, when we're able to raise up other elders for them to have, you know, some, you know, other title, because we're just all pastors. And I want in the minds of our people to, to know these are our pastors. That's pastor Tim, that's pastor Mm -hmm. so-and-so. And if, you know, cause what it does is it, it, it creates a, you know, we're, we're all hopefully, you know, Lord willing, we're outnumbered in our churches. And, uh, you know, and that's why, like, you know, there's a sign of a healthy church is that, you know, you see in Acts where they needed to, you know, create some other position for, you know, for the needs because there were more more people in the church than the, the elders would, would have been able to ever serve. And so that's a good thing. But um, when we have these titles, it funnels people to that specific you know, person. Okay. Well, you know, if I have an issue, I have to talk, I can only talk to the lead, lead pastor. Right. Um, and you know, um, even if we do like one thought I've had, and I don't know if this will flesh out or not, but one thought, thought I've even had is like, when we have like somebody requesting like, Hey, I want to, I need to talk to an elder, like an elder will show up, but we're not going to really necessarily let you you know, pick. And, it, it, you know, in some cases, I'm sure if you, if you, you know, I specifically want to talk to this person or that, that's fine. But the idea is just how can we encourage the church that all of these pastors are your pastors? All of them have been qualified to do this, you know, role. And, uh, and you, you would be good and, and well off to speak with any of them. 
to be encouraged by anyone. They hold the same authority, right? And so we don't want to delude, um, you know, the system that God has put in place, you know, for helping the church to stay healthy and mature in Christ. And I think that titles sometimes, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally delude that, you know, well, it um, puts you in a box ability. is yeah. like, you know, you stay over here, uh, mm. youth pastor. Okay. The high school, middle school kids, that's your territory. Worship pastor, you're in charge of the choir yeah. and the musicians. Yeah. Uh, church that I served in Virginia, uh, I was given the opportunity uh, and expected at times to fill the pulpit mm. if the lead pastor and as somewhere. you should. And and I was off and I was asked at times to lead <sighs> studies. Specifically, you know, I did a six yeah. week studies on worship on a Sunday night. Now, the last church I was in, if the lead pastor was gone, they brought somebody from outside to fill the pulpit. Yeah. We were never oh, asked. Oh no, never, not we once. We were never asked not to, once. to fill that. In fact, the only time I gave a sermon at that church was the one where I resigned yeah. at, at the end of it. <laughs> you know, is that where the guest the guest speaker comes up and smacks you in the face as he's walking up to the pulpit? What? What? Well, that's kind of what it feels like, right? When oh, you, oh, when, oh, oh. when you're there, oh, and then he, bring, like, he brings in I, another did I guy. Something? Yeah. Like you know, okay. you might as well, well just I mean, smack just me in the face back. on the way up to the pulpit. Yeah, it just goes back to how they viewed us. Right. at that church mm-hmm. we we were not viewed as pastors oh the pastor's on vacation right. or he's out of town or you know they had to have an emergency so we got to bring in another preacher right well you know it's it's funny yeah. because over the years that i mean that's that's totally been it um my first church that i was the youth pastor at my first youth pastor church that pastor i mean he would call me in to preach you know the next church that i was at i was full-time and uh I remember when we were in interim and we were still looking for a new pastor and everything, uh, they would pay people yeah. 150, 300 bucks to preach on a Sunday. And I'm like, dude, I'm on salary. Like I will do it for nothing extra. Like, right. Why you, are you wasting? I just figured God's it was money? one of those things, you know, in all the job descriptions, you, they have that line that says, and other duties, Yeah, but not that, <laughs> but not that. No, I like, I, honestly, Tim, I like how you said that about the just smack you in the face while he's up to the pool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that sounds about I, right. I had to stop and think, like, yeah. when when did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Every time. I, I thought I'd block that out of my memory. Yeah. Right. It probably did. Um, another thing that I wanted to kind of mention uh, that you talked about with youth pastors is, um, you know, a lot of them aren't taken seriously, and some of that is because many of the youth pastors are more directors than pastors, you know? Um, Cause I mean, all they're doing, they, you know, they, they pull out their lifeway curriculum and they're like, okay, let's do this lesson 15 minutes. All right, let's play games. Play games you know? for the other two hours. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I know that um, uh, almost every church that I've been at, no, I'm sorry. Every church that I have been at has been the same story. It's been the last youth pastor taught for about 15, maybe 20 minutes. And then it was games and fun the rest of the time. Now, see, when the church that I was at with Tim, his predecessor would do like, you know, 30, 40 minutes of games at the front, but it was a game that usually tied into what he was going to say. And then they'd have a 20, 30 minute minute, uh, lesson and then just fellowship time afterwards. 
Now, Tim came in, and it was just, he went straight to preaching and mm-hmm. teaching. And it, these kids, Tim, do you remember, the, like, the glazed look in kids' eyes? Like, what is happening? Why? <laughs> I mean, it took them a while to realize yeah. what, what was going yeah, on. this is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. And we still had fun. We still, we still would, after the fact, right? Like, if right. anybody wanted to stick around, we'd play Ultimate Frisbee up in the field. Yeah. We would go play volleyball. So it's not like... You know, and this is just true of like, you know, like we need to be this disciplined as Christians in general that like when we're like we're, we love the teaching of the word of God. How do we encourage people to love the teaching of the word of God if we, you mm-hmm. know, if it has to be incentivized with with, you know, something else that essentially we're saying is more fun. And and so if you give us this time of fun, then maybe yeah. we'll listen to the teaching of the word. Um, and then, of course, you know, that you know, trickles into the adults, right? Like, uh, you know, we should be, you know, almost in a sense fighting each other uh, through the door uh, to to hear the teaching of the word because we love it so much. With that structure that you had mentioned uh, and that I had mentioned as well, like a 15-minute lesson and then just play games the whole time. Well, guess what? What happens when uh, that youth turns 18, they graduate from high school, and they leave? And they go to church. Well, guess what? Now, most churches don't have a college ministry. The majority of them do not. Especially if there's not a college in that town. They just don't. So you're with the rest of the adults. They're not playing games. They're not buying pizza all the time and snacks and all this stuff. And it's just like they get into this rude awakening of like, well, I don't want to have anything to do with that. You know, it's that old phrase. How you get them there is how you're going to have to keep them there. So as we were going through the content uh, in post-production, We've decided that it would be better if we cut this in two parts. So this is going to be the end of part one, and uh, we'll continue with part two next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on DDS Faith Ministries, please visit our website at ddsfaith.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.